Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Welcome to another episode of Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. We are here in Midtown Manhattan. It's some identity-less corporate office building. (laughs) I'm your host, Elisa Benson. And I'm going to play something that everyone, right off the bat, I'm going to play something that this is basically like a dog whistle for women. You guys are going to know what this is as soon as I play it. Wait, I'm going to do that again. (laughs) I used to think there was just fat and skinny. Apparently, there's a lot of things that can be wrong on your body. My hairline is so weird. My pores are huge. My nail beds suck. I know you guys know that that is a famous scene from Mean Girls. The whole idea, if you are like basically a living woman in America today, you've been talking about body image your entire life. You've had conversations with all of your friends. You've had conversations in your own mind to the point where these conversations are literally parodied perfectly in that scene from Mean Girls that came out 12 years ago today. But something that doesn't get, or I don't know why I said 12 years ago today, I actually just mean 12 years ago last month, I think, actually. (laughs) But something that doesn't get talked about quite as much is men and body image. So today on the podcast, I have a few brave men here with me who want to talk candidly about how body image body image has affected them personally, professionally, in relationships, and otherwise. So I'm excited to introduce, first of all, my coworker, Alex Reese. Hi, hi. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Cosmopolitan.com's deputy editor and also haver of a glorious posh British accent. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a treat to have Alex and his voice. It's always good to be here. (laughs) Um, And I'm also very excited to introduce Zach Miko, who is the first ever big and tall model on IMD Models' new brawn division. Did I say that all right? I think so. Okay. (laughs) You think so? You're like, I don't know. I don't know. Technically, IMG doesn't do divisions. Um, oh, okay. But, so it's a categorization. A categorization. Okay. Like I'm on the men's board with every other guy on okay. the men's board. Okay. But y- you know who I am. I don't know. Well, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you know I'm not going to be booking what the other guys book. You're not going to be booking what the other guys book. Um, but I think that's. Maybe. I don't know. You we'll know, see. I think that that is the whole idea of. You know, I hate to use the word plus size because it's so loaded, but Mm -hmm. plus size modeling for women has been a conversation that over the past few years has just reached fever pitch. And I think it's so interesting that men are finally being part of this discussion. And we're not just talking about expanding the kinds of bodies we represent for women, but also for men. Oh, yeah. So, Zach, how'd you get your start? Um, uh, Kind of on serendipitous circumstances. I'm I'm, uh, an actor and a comedian, sort of. And... um, Sort of. I sort of. I don't know. I always say, <laughs> say sort of. Say something funny. That's exactly why. If right, I just exactly. say I'm a comedian, people are like, on. so what's funny now? Tell oh my gosh. Just, don't <laughs> worry. Um, but I actually um, got booked doing a, um, a print gig. So I didn't. So what happened was uh, my acting manager's friend is a hair and makeup artist in a studio in Tribeca, and they were looking for a big and tall guy. Um, with certain measurements. Uh, like, for example, they're looking for someone either a 40 or 42-inch waist. I'm a 40, 42, depending on what pants I'm wearing. So, <laughs> depending um, on what you had for lunch. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and she actually put it out on Facebook because they could not find a guy. Yeah. So, and that's what's amazing to me. Before me, um, most um, agencies in New York do not have any one of my measurements or anywhere even close to my measurements. Um, so the studio couldn't find anyone to fill this role. So the um, hair and makeup artist, her name is Sherry, and she's wonderful, and I still work with her regularly, um, put it on Facebook. It's like, does anyone have a guy right. that like, has a 42-inch waist? And then I got a text from my manager asking what my waist size was. And he literally saw it on her Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Wow. She saw it on um, uh, my manager, Sana. She's a lady. She's a lady. Um 
and and yeah, she just saw it on the Facebook page and submitted me. And within a couple of hours, I was at a test shoot. Basically, she sent it in, and they're like, "Yeah, come on into the studio. We're going to do a test." That is insane. So you are literally an accidental model via Absolutely. Facebook. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. And I used to talk about um, how much I didn't like social media, and now I'm 100% reliant on right. it for a career. So I love it now. <laughs> Um, it has led to job opportunities for you. So how long ago was that that you accidentally became a model? <laughs> that was only this last summer. I want to say last July. So things wow. have happened really fast since that sort of yeah. being accidentally discovered and IMG models starting a category. I know. That's it, amazing. It's, it's been, it, it was really crazy. Yeah, I did that. Um, it turned out the job was for Target. I didn't know this. Um, and then they... But again, I didn't think anything of it because I've done print jobs in the past, never for clothing, but I've done like beer ads and like gambling websites. Sure. And so, you know, big beer, guy stuff. Beer and gambling. <laughs> big guy stuff. Right. So I, um, so I, I'd never done that before, but I just thought my rent was getting paid for that month, which was great. Yeah. And then they've been booking me ever since, but also, um, it actually got noticed by a blog called Chubster, which is a large men's lifestyle blog, and. They didn't know who I was. They put it out. There was an article like, did Target sneak a plus-size guy onto their e-com site? Hmm. And a friend posted that on Facebook. I do. It's, this is all because of Facebook, I guess. And I saw the picture, and I was like, hey, that's that's me. So I wrote to, that, I wrote to the blog, and I'm like, that's me if you want to talk. Right. Amazing. <laughs> that's me. I'm a real person. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I just kept talking, and people kept listening. Oh, my God. <laughs> so not only did you become an accidental model, but you were became an accidental publicist, yeah, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And now here you are in the Cosmo podcast, which uh, means you've no. made it. It, do, it yeah, does for me. It does. <laughs> um, I want to say that in the two seconds we've been talking since this started mm -hmm. um you said the word plus size you said the word big and tall yeah. i said brawn which is the yeah, name yeah. of the category um i think we had another descriptor out there how do you describe yourself is that something you ever thought about before you became a part of this industry is no sort of i mean industry it, it, standard? I, i've always known myself as just a big guy and i haven't really done it any other way so there, there's there's different descriptors used definitely um for example, IMG coined brawn, and we use brawn for men of my size the same way IMG uses curve for women, women. of size. Mm -hmm. uh, the point of all of that, basically, is for one reason or another, um, terms like big, terms like plus size, have gotten a really bad rap and have a lot of negative connotations because of just, essentially just because of bullying and ridiculousness. Sure. Um, and of course, with plus size, the assumption that there's a normal size exactly. and plus is being no exactly. So using words like curve and brawn is just trying to highlight the positive aspects of size rather than because because sure. I mean like for me, I always say the big thing that scares me is husky mm -hmm. because when I was a little kid, I had to get brought to the husky section, which was right. the big little boys thing. Right. I remember it was a huge deal when I graduated when I got bigger and I graduated from husky to men's because at least like <laughs> I felt good that right. I was in the men's section. Right, now. right, right. Because you want to be a man, but you don't necessarily want to be a husky. Yeah. You know, I will say though, we have written several articles over the past several years and Alex is nodding his head because he knows what I'm talking about Seriously. for cosmopolitan.com about huskies. Ugh. Which our is, readers I'm, love a yeah, husky. Yeah, our readers love huskies. It's like a thing. Yeah. But now I feel bad that that damaged no, you. No, I mean, that's, that's the <laughs> thing. Is it's I, I, It doesn't upset me now. It, it's just like, it's whatever word people use. That's why, exactly as you said, I'll use every single one of the descriptors. Mm -hmm. Right. Just basically throwing them out there to make sure people know what I'm talking about. Right. Because there are so many different descriptors out there. And, and I've kind of learned to embrace the whole husky thing. Right. But uh, it definitely had a tiny bit of childhood trauma attached sure. to it. You also have like a good like beard going, which nice. I feel like really like fits that sort of like... Yeah. Sexy husky Ooh. thing. That's fine. I'll adopt whatever term people like. Right. Okay. <laughs> whatever term people like. Okay. Um, so I think another thing with terminology, we know that's been a huge conversation, especially around women. And like a lot of plus size models have come out and said, like, I don't identify as plus size. I don't use that term. The terminology is really important. I think another term that we have to talk about that has become massively popular over the past few years is this idea of a dad bod. Wait, mm. Zach, are you a dad? 
Uh, no, you're not, not a dad. Not, okay. I mean, I have a dog. You have it. Okay, <laughs> that, that counts. That counts. Um, so I didn't think either. And Alex, I know you're not a dad. I'm not. I don't um, even have a pet. You, <laughs> you are a dad to nothing. But um, you know, Alex, can you sort of talk about? I know, in addition to having your own personal story to share about all this, that I I want to talk to you about. You're also an expert in all things celebrity and pop culture. Can you talk a little bit about that term? Like, where did dad bod come from? And like, all of a sudden, that's so part of the pop culture lexicon. I think for me, when I first begun noticing it was with Chris Pratt and his whole like he had a dad bod and then he got super buff, but he still had a dad bod. Right. It was just kind of a buff dad bod, maybe. Right. I think the term became really fluid really quickly just in terms of how it was being used and what it was like. I think it was a reaction against kind of the super over chiseled Mm -hmm. Hollywood aesthetic that had kind of become a thing in recent years Um, and I think it was just a reminder that even in well it's a ridiculous thing to say I think it was kind of a reaction like oh this is a normal bod and it's like actually like a dad bod is still a pretty damn good body right Mm. in the grand scheme you know and even a term like a good body and a bad body is very charged right but it was kind of like I guess a step in a more achievable inverted commas direction (laughs) well I also think it's interesting and I didn't even think of this until just now when you're saying it but again I feel like this has been a conversation that women have been having for so long Mm -hmm. that in some ways like men weren't really like allowed to have like men there was not as much acceptance for men to talk about their bodies which is why we're doing it now on the podcast but I think also that whole idea of like dad bod like it's to talk about men in their bodies it almost has to be like a joke or a little like tongue in cheek Um, do you guys feel like that like this is Something, you know, like Zach, I know you mentioned when you were a kid and kind of having some trauma over the husky section. And Alex, I know you had mentioned to me before we started sort of things in your own past. Do you guys feel like this is something that you were never really allowed to like kind of admit that maybe was sensitive? Totally. I think what was really interesting to me is when I recognized the Mean Girls scene immediately, obviously. But when you were talking about how, you know, those um, insecurities were something that you just talked with with your friends all the time growing up, to me it was like, I had those insecurities, but I would mm-hmm. never have talked to like another oh, yeah. guy about them growing up. Right. That's like that would have been no, just yeah. unthinkable. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it, 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 exactly as you said. It's you guys kind of got to gossip and be like, oh, I mean, like you know, and j- just it's confide in for one women. another. Yeah. It's social, yeah. And, yeah, men, it's a very private thing, yeah. and it's we are not allowed to talk about. It. That's why I mean, this whole experience started off for me being very scary because mm-hmm. it was like. I opened up a tiny bit once, and then I realized, all right, I'm going to be expected to open up about this on a regular basis, which is fine, and I'm more than happy to do that. And I enjoy doing it because I'm trying to get rid of the stigma that I had for myself even going into it. It, It's For some reason, it's just considered not – it's like this false, like, 1950s machismo, like, men don't have feelings and they're strong and – it's consider like it's almost like considered you feel like you're weak admitting totally. to someone else you have a problem and it doesn't make you weak it means you have thoughts and feelings like a cognitive yeah. conscious human being sure. and it, it, for even some though reason, I think men, men categorically are more likely to be like dead inside than women are <laughs> just based on my experiences in the dating world I'll throw that out there but I know what you mean yeah. mostly mostly um do you guys feel like You know, I think another thing that the conversation always turns to for women is this idea of social media and how that can affect the way you feel about your own image. Can you guys talk about your personal viewpoint on social media and body image? Alex, why don't you kick off? That's an interesting one. I mean, ooh, see, yeah. I think that it's what you make of it, or in an ideal world, it's what you make of it. You can certainly go on social media or just the internet.com, mm-hmm. wherever, and find images that you find aspirational, that you think, you know, are dangerously aspirational, um, you know, physiques or, or mm-hmm. bodies that you like relate to, or, you know, wish, oh my gosh, if I went to the gym four times today for the rest of my life, yeah. maybe that would be potentially feasible. Um, I don't know that I necessarily find social media any more uh, challenging in that respect than I think any other form of media and the way that it represents mm-hmm. bodies necessarily. I guess the issue would be that social media is just ticking over at a much faster pace. Right, and yeah. I think actually some people say with social media what can be so hard about it is in one way is, you know, it's one way, like for me, it's one thing if I see like pictures of Blake Lively and she mm-hmm. can kind of feel like a fake 
person who's whatever. <laughs> and it can be another thing almost to see people in your own circle, like, yeah. you know, rocking their like bikinis at Rockaway Beach or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's there's something about this sort of, and we all know social media is fake, but there's something about the feeling of it feeling real that I yeah. think yeah. has been hard for some people. I think especially for young women, and I'm sure for young men. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, what I learned is, again, I didn't get into social media until all this happened. Yeah, you were, a, you were like a, a social media hater. I, was, I wasn't <laughs> a hater. I was just like, I had my personal Facebook, and I didn't have Twitter, and I didn't have Instagram, okay. and I got all those things. Yeah, and you have and, to. And I have, yeah, I'm required to. Yeah. But Instagram specifically, one thing that I've been noticing that I like about Instagram, at least in like the body positive community, is... It's unfiltered. Suddenly with social media, we kind of become our own, as you said, become your own publicist. Mm -hmm. And everyone kind of does. You can put out images that make you feel good about who you are. Most of who I follow on Instagram are um, plus size models, plus size clothing lines. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and (laughs) (laughs) Public Choice. He's um, his own category. He's amazing. (laughs) Um, But it is. And, and, And I think social media has played a really big part in helping empower women and now hopefully men to put themselves out there and feel good about Mm. themselves. What I found is social media can be evil. I mean, people are brutal on social media and the internet in general, but at the same time, I feel like there's so much, at least I've noticed on my page and other models pages, there's so much good and so much positivity that people also want to kind of put out there for something that they see aspirational. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, (laughs) <laughs> it's it's careful to weigh those. I know for me, it's like I can have a hundred wonderful comments on a picture and then one person will like call me a fat ass at the bottom and then I'll just ruin my day mm-hmm. for forever. Sure. It's yeah. like I didn't hear anything else. And especially like we've probably all noticed this, whether it's about bodies or just anything else or even just seeing the commentary, you know, Alex, in your case, that people leave on all the celebrity Oof. stories you've written. But people on the internet get so clever and specific about the ways they bring you down. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one time, you know, like someone saying like something about instead of having a forehead, I have a five head. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, of all the things in my life, I've ever been secure about. I've never even paid attention to my forehead. And here's some like creepy troll on the internet. Tyra Banks would say that's a good thing. Just to put that <laughs> out there. She totally yeah. would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tyra, I love you. Um, I want to talk about we have to talk about body image in terms of like relationships. So I want to talk about that. And also, Alex, I want to talk about your surgery that you had sure. when you were in high school. Yep. Um, but first, I want to talk really quickly about something. You guys know I always take a minute on the podcast to talk about random things I'm totally obsessed with. And this week I want to talk about the box of style from the Zoe Report. So you guys know there was Zoe Report. Rachel Zoe, fashionista extraordinaire, is the editorial director for the site. They have their box of style, which is a one-off or a subscription service um, where basically you're getting every season in the mail this gorgeous, beautifully curated selection of wonderful sort of like luxury goods. So I, they sent me the spring box so I could check it out. I was absolutely obsessed with it. This is a weird thing to say, but it comes in this like chic AF black box that just like, you know when you have a present that's in good gift wrap mm-hmm. and it just like feels nice to open. So it's this gorgeous box and it had a bunch of very, very special individually wrapped goodies in it, including actually the purse I'm carrying with me right now. It's this like super cute little leather bucket bag, like a mini leather bucket bag, Um, a dry shampoo, a few other really great goodies. Um, And it just felt like such a surprise in such this like luxurious present. I think it would be an amazing thing to send your friend who's getting married or your sister for her your for her birthday or like if you're me to literally just send to yourself <laughs> um so they also gave me a sneak peek at what is coming out in their next available box which is the summer box which is shipping this summer um the hero item every box is worth three hundred dollars and the hero item is the most expensive most expensive thing in the box um is this super cool necklace that is from Love AJ, which is an LA-based jewelry designer that Shay Mitchell, Kendall and Kylie, Emma Roberts, Bella Hadid, basically all the cool girls are wearing. Um, so I'm going on and on and on about this, but I really think it's super amazing. Um, I think you guys should check it out. Head to head to thezoreport.com slash shop. You can use promo code COSMO to get $10 off your subscription. Um, it's a really great gift idea. I know wedding season is coming up, and so I think you guys should check it out. Thezoreport.com slash shop. Zoe is Z-O-E. 
and then report spelled the only way you would ever spell report. <laughs> Use promo code Cosmo to get $10 <laughs> off. Um, speaking of wedding season, perfect segue back into relationships. Um, I think you can't talk about body image without talking about it in relationship. Yes. Yeah. In terms of yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? Who's feeling brave? That's not even a question. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Uh, I'll go, I guess. Uh, I'm married, actually. I'm a married man. Uh, this ring's made of rubber because I broke my other one. Oh. Uh, it's getting How fixed, How does one though. break a ring? Uh, just, I don't know. Being no, it's I, yeah. I do a lot of... <laughs> I do a lot of, um, uh, for money, I do a lot of like freelance carpentry stuff and whatnot, and I've now broke a ring and a watch just from using oh my tools, gosh. Oh my gosh. so I need to to calm down on that a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I met my wife, my wife is wonderful, but um, and she is, she's the most wonderful, amazing woman in the world, and I'm How deeply How long have you love. been married? Um, I've been married for a year and a half. Oh, so you're like just now. out of the newlywed zone. Kind of, but yeah. I mean, we've been together for four years. Okay. It's been a lot, you know, and she's my partner and my best friend and I love her very much but before her uh, <laughs> dating was terrible yeah. um, I think one of the big reasons um, our relationship worked so well is she was the first woman I ever pursued because I had such uh, negative feelings about the way I looked growing up that the only women I ever dated were the ones that came after me because I was terrified and didn't feel worthy of kind of going after. I had tons sure. of crushes and tons of right. people I like thought about, but I never uh, had the confidence to actually pursue anybody. Which I think also is extremely hard for a man because mm-hmm. there is sort of this expectation generally that I think the man is going to be the one that like makes the move yeah. and like has all the confidence. I know. It's the worst. It's the worst. I don't know. And that was the thing. Like growing up, I was just like, so it's my job, according to every romantic movie I ever saw. Right. To, <laughs> saw them all too. To yeah. make this happen. Um, and it was just a terrifying, and it was easier just to not to. And that's why I ended up in some relationships with some people I should never have been in relationships with because it was easier because right. they pursued me. And I was like, wow, well, this is the, in my head, I was like, this is mm-hmm. the one person in the world who finds me attractive. In reality, the circle was, was larger than that one person, but I had no idea because I wouldn't even try to go any further than that. Right. Did you ever, did either of you ever have partners that made comments about your body or your size or just like, you know, because I think that can be the thing when somebody that you're in a relationship, even if it's a casual relationship, anything they say, like that never leaves you. You remember it like word for word. Yeah. I used to have um, uh, uh, an ex who would, um, she grabbed my stomach a lot Yeah, and she tried to do it as a cute thing, I think. But since it's like the one thing I was super sensitive about, every single time it was like, ah, please don't mm-hmm. ever do that again. Right. <laughs> Alex, what about you? Did you ever, ha- did any comments either in a relationship or in another situation ever stick out, like sort of burn themselves into your brain? I feel like every comment burns itself in your yeah. brain. Yeah. Um, like uh, very similar to what Zach was saying. Like I actually, uh, prior to like dating and like my husband, uh, my now husband, um, I hadn't ever been in a really serious relationship mm-hmm. because I had such insecurities and I just could not get my head around like, the concept of physical intimacy with somebody when right. I had, like I did not understand how you could get to that level of comfort with somebody else right. when I didn't feel it in myself, yeah. basically. Um, so, you know, I think you're definitely conscious of it, whether it's like something a family member says, like trying to help you out, or it's like some douchebag in the playground at school or whatever. Right. Um, relationships, not so much because I avoided them like the plague. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I do think like, when you're young, the if you don't feel confident with yourself, the idea of being phys- like you really said yeah. it well. The idea of being like physically intimate with somebody is almost like shocking. You're like, well, yeah. how would you yeah. ever like let someone was, see you that way? Oh, it was uh, terribly scary to yeah. even think about going. And exa- I remember just the whole thing where I was just like, someone's gonna see me naked. Yeah, the right. scariest thing in the world. Yeah, like I didn't like my doctor seeing me naked. Right. 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 And now I, I feel the same way. And like now I love to be naked all the time. Um, that's actually a really Nudist good podcast. Right. Nudist podcast, which that's actually a really good segue. Speaking of naked into I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I want to talk really quickly about third love, which is literally the bra I'm wearing right now as we speak. So glad this is just voice and you guys can't see me because that might be a little bit embarrassing. But third love is this super cool company where via their website, um, you can order a bra that they promise is going to fit you better than any bra 
bra you've ever had in your life and be more stylish and more comfortable. I'm not going to ask you guys in the room if my boobs look good, but I think it's fair to say that they do. Oh, I'm getting thumbs a thumbs up. up. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> um, but it's seriously a super comfortable bra. Um, it's sort of a nude color, the one that I have from Third Love, um, which I feel like every girl needs a good nude t-shirt bra. But um, it's feels like not like nude in a grandma bra way, but nude in kind of like a chic, you would want someone to see you in it kind of way. So if you guys go to thirdlove.com slash Cosmo, all you need to do is pay for shipping of the product and you can wear it for 30 days. You can take the tags off, wash it, really try it out because they're so sure that you are going to love it, that they are willing to send it for you send it to you to try for free. If you want to keep it, then they'll charge your card. If you don't, send it back and just never speak of it again. If you don't know your size, they have an online fit specialist that will help you find the perfect fit, which is what I did. Um, and I really love it. It has this like um, sort of like gold hardware, which makes it feel really chic. These pleated little straps. Um, check it out, thirdlove.com slash Cosmo to get started. Um, that was, see what I did there connecting that to nudity. <laughs> it was well done. Um, that was good. Yes, and so this is now going to be an awkward segue. But speaking of boobs, Alex. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. So tell us about your decision to have surgery. So I always like I was a chubby kid, always a chubby kid, um, which was which sucked. Um, I actually lost a bunch of weight when I was in my teens, um, not in a particularly healthy manner. I just like worked out all the time. Yeah. Um, was not great it was no fun um and were you like going to the gym or like working out in your basement i was just like i just ran all the time and actually the funny thing is i swam all the time which is still the craziest thing to me because i hated my body and i was like this like chubby kid i was gonna say i hated get i wore a t-shirt in the pool till like last week see it's crazy (laughs) like i don't know like swimming is like my favorite thing and i think it's because i just it gets me out of my head and i guess i just don't feel my body when i'm in the water i think that's what it is but i'd be like at these swim meets these like ripped little like kids and they're like speedos and whatever and i'd be there in like board shorts and just like no and i would never dive into the pool because i was always so nervous that i'd make like a huge splash but um so i lost all this weight but i still had like uh moves like man breasts um and it sucked it sucked so much i used to bind them like i used to like get like duct tape and tape them up um for like sports and just like Literally, whenever I just wanted to wear a t-shirt, I just felt like I couldn't do it, a t-shirt or a shirt. And it just got to a point where this was, I mean, it was like an insane thing to be doing. So when I graduated, I took out a large personal loan and I was like, fuck it, like, excuse my language. Yeah. But I was like this, I just cannot handle being like an adult going into the working world, trying to be a professional with this hanging over me so right. yeah i had surgery and um how much did the surgery cost it, like this was a while ago actually so i mean i would presume that with it becoming slightly more um common they've gone down in price and mine was like i actually came to the states to do it because like i just wasn't comfortable um i hadn't found anybody in the uk at the time which is where i grew up that i felt like i actually knew what they were doing mm-hmm. um and it was like ten thousand dollars wow so mm-hmm. That was like, and like I didn't have a job, you know. I just graduated right. with like yeah. student loans and everything as well. Um, and yeah, I had the surgery done, and I um, it was great. I absolutely stand by it. Like it really made a difference for me, just yeah. in terms of confidence and feeling like I could like wear clothes. Like you know, um, I got my start in fashion journalism and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I just felt like, how am I supposed to take myself seriously if I'm not even enjoying? like a really visual part of what my job or what I thought my job at the time would be. Right. I think that's another thing kind of we keep having or like I guess because I'm a lady and this is my perspective on all this but sort of this like men versus women idea and like this actually being one of the rare things where it is more comfortable for women to talk about but I think you know there's so many products marketed towards women to like fix yourself change yourself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. while sometimes that can be a lot of pressure I think it can also be true that if you are like a man it's like you don't you can't like there aren't like man bras and like there aren't necessarily like things you can do and you're not allowed to talk about it and like so I think that in some ways even though that's a lot of pressure for women it's like at least we have options and we feel like there are things we can do and for men like there aren't a lot of options there aren't like you can wear spanks Right. Well, yeah. That's that's about as far as I feel as like for me, it was just like the wife beater under the t-shirt, which okay. like, and, and here's the thing. Layering. And I and I, I and I've uh, might uh, make 
some people mad. I never saw a point to the wife beater and a t-shirt unless you were trying to smooth things out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I always had <laughs> the wife beater like two sizes smaller than yep. I would get and it would just kind of put everything in place. Yep. And, I'd, and this was all just to wear like a crappy ska band t-shirt yeah. and feel like good about myself <laughs> right. while doing it. Totally. Right, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think did you feel, Alex, like there were, you know, so when was this? Like, so, how many years ago? Oh, my gosh. Like Maybe like, yeah, ago? nine or ten years nine ago ten now. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like you were able to find, like, on the internet or whatever, like, other people that had had this surgery? Like, did you feel like you were, because in some ways that was, yeah. like, a long time ago. Yeah, like, I definitely, I mean, I feel like I definitely, like, I, I knew about it and I knew that it was possible. Right. So I must have read other stories. I definitely didn't feel like I ever, I certainly never like connected to anybody or spoke to a real person. Right, right. Um, and did you feel like, you know, obviously you're coming on here and talking about this now. Did you ever feel like you didn't want to tell people? Like, was it something you kept secret? Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever didn't talk about it. yeah like that's the thing like you know when you were talking about doing this podcast i was like yeah i don't have a problem talking about it because it fit the the topic yeah um it's not something i've talked to people about in the sense that like it doesn't come up in conversation right right but, like like you're not like introducing yeah, not, like, yourself not, like, i used detail. to go to summer camp, camp too right. yeah, yeah exactly, it's like, exactly. <laughs> um but yeah i'm not like i guess probably at the time i would have avoided it more than i am now just because there is that like is embarrassing I think mm-hmm. I don't think it's silly to say that and also when you're doing it you kind of don't know that it's going to work out so I definitely avoided it for a while um but yeah it was never like a shame thing I don't think mm-hmm. entirely mm-hmm. a bit of shame but not <laughs> not too much surrounding it did we say exactly what you had done probably not okay so that was like, my bad yeah. uh, sorry <laughs> so no and I, I may not you know I'm not even I think the correct I'd like the the actual time for it is gynecomestia so, um, and this is the thing, like I was like 19 years old at the time, so I didn't really know a lot about what was happening and I maybe didn't do my research as well as possible because I couldn't tell you exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. I just know that beforehand I had like little moves and moves. like now I have none. Right. So I believe it's the removal of like tissue. Right. Um, I have like little incisions under my nipples that you can still see. So that's right. kind of where they do the whatever they do when you're under anesthesia. Right. And, You're like, I um, don't know. Yep. They I just showed thing. up, went yeah. under. And- <laughs> Woke up and they were gone. Yeah. Um, but it was like a painless procedure. The recovery time was not... It's funny you mentioned summer camp. I actually flew over to the States to have this done and I was working at a summer camp. So the day afterwards, I flew up to the summer camp where I was working and had like a very active summer. So, <laughs> well, that's good. There you go. <laughs> so when people mention summer camp, it really is... That's what is. comes to mind for me. <laughs> right, right, right. It really is um, summer camp. This is actually kind of an awkward segue but another thing I wanted to talk about is Organifi which I say this is perfect for people like me that want to be healthy but are also like maybe a tiny bit on the lazy side (laughs) Um, Organifi is basically a product everyone is like me 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 in the room but um, Organifi is basically a product where if you don't want to go to the store and spend nine dollars and wait ten minutes in line to get a green juice you can whip (laughs) one up right in the comfort of your own apartment Um, these juices they promise to be the best tasting greens on the market they're organic vegan gluten-free dairy-free soy-free all things I love, to be honest. Mm. But if you are health conscious in that way, um, this is the perfect product for you. Um, it's easier than eating vegetables. It's faster. You don't need to worry about once you have the product, you know, shopping and juicing and all that hard stuff. No cleanup. Um, you guys can get 20% off by going to Organifi.com. Let me spell that for you. It's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and using coupon code COSMO. So get 20% off. Um, I'm just like hooking you guys up with all sorts of deals today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, So yeah, that felt like it feels a little awkward to be talking about in that that in the context of body image. But I actually don't think so because that sounds like a legit like health foodie thing but I think like another thing maybe like I feel like it's this is stereotyping but I have always been under the impression that it's very easy for women to talk about like their eating habits and dieting yeah like like I have yo-yoed in weight and I have done like so many stupid dieting unhealthy eating patterns however you look at it so like I think that you know like actually healthy food plans yeah my my, my only my only guy friends who talk about kind of what they eat on a regular yeah. basis are the my friends who are complete 
bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, right. and that's what they do. And they yeah. spend four or five hours a day in the gym. Right. No, I think that is... I, like, always remember being in college I mean this happens all the time with women but I have a specific memory of being in college in my sorority and like you know getting some kind of dessert that was with our sorority meal plan and like one of my really good friends being like do you know how many calories are in that like you should not eat that and like she was really saying that to me because she thought it was helpful like she thought she was like helping me make an informed decision about what I was eating but jerk yeah what a jerk <laughs> it is. Um, i mean it's like I, I get that all the time yeah they're like say like well be out, even though i'll be out to dinner with like some friends yeah and they're like do you want dessert and i'm just like we'll look at the menu and everyone else is like no and i'm right. like well what the, i'm out to dinner right like i'm not i don't sit at home and eat pints of ben and jerry's but i'm out like i mean sometimes right. i do but i know like, i was like yeah. mm, guilty. <laughs> not on a regular basis but like you know when you're out to dinner and it's like a special thing i don't think it's part of the experience yeah. like mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's so funny how you can be judged. Gluten's the big one that everyone's yeah. like, do you know what it does to your body? And I'm like, it makes me not hungry. I am. My roommate and I challenged ourselves to do like a Jan no dairy, as we were mm-hmm. calling it, like not eating dairy for the month of January. Um, and I was so hungry all the time. I was literally eating like tons of bread, tons of like whatever else, but just that was the one thing I was excluding from my diet and I was just like starving for all of January to the point where I was like, how much cheese was I eating before? (laughs) Like how is it possible I cut one thing out of my diet and I'm starving? Yeah, I tried to eat vegan for a month. Oh, how'd that go? I made it, I made it like 11 days. I think I did pretty good, but it's like and the people who can't eat vegan and enjoy it, I admire them and and I I love their message and all that. Uh, my body just did, yeah. just reacted horribly, like right. personally. And I think it just becomes from being a man as big as I am, right. the amount of garbanzo beans I would have to eat <laughs> in order to equal like chicken or steak is just unreal. So it was just it just didn't quite work out. Um so if you guys could say and we almost are ready to wrap up here. If you guys could say like how your own feelings about your body have changed mm-hmm. over the past, you know, from the point where maybe you guys were growing up and feeling a little bit you know, more insecure about it as we kind of talked about to now where you guys are successful adults with like amazing jobs and careers, you know, what exactly has changed and how has your own attitude toward your body changed? I don't think it's Debbie Downer. Like I'm still horribly insecure. Yeah. Like I actually think that's something that's like, I'm like, oh great. Like, thank you for saying I'm so successful. And that's really cool. But I still like most days will be like, fuck. Like, yeah. I look like a slob and this doesn't fit properly and what is going on and that guy on the subway is a lot skinnier than I am right. and I wish I could fit into that shirt like in that respect I don't think anything has changed it's, so it's maybe, an ongoing yeah oh totally yeah. Sure. and maybe a little bit better in just being like like that's a negative thought so what can you do to turn it around whereas when I was younger it would just be negative 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 fall in a hole yeah. right. and now I feel like I am aware of some things that I can do to turn that around like okay that shirt maybe if you do go running after work today or maybe if you do not go to the Hearst cafeteria and buy two cronuts even right. though they're really good they're so good but also <laughs> if you want to go and do it like right. I, I'm yeah. a little bit better at having that dialogue with myself but I like it's not changed to the point that I don't feel those feelings yeah and I, I think you're ex- exactly very similar to the same insecurity I think will always be there especially yeah. since it's been such a big part of my life for yeah. so long is feeling mm-hmm. insecure about myself and especially now that I am for lack of a better term being celebrated for my size mm-hmm. it, it, it's still something that I kind of have to put in check like you said it's like I think the big difference is now I look at it more objectively is whereas I will have a day where I do feel really bad about the way I look and then I start making like a check of why do I feel bad about the way mm-hmm. I look and I think the one of the things I always tell people, the my big realization was that I, Zach, personally didn't have a problem with my body. Hmm. I had a problem with the way I thought other people mm. were perceiving my body right. and perceiving me because of the body I had. So now that I look at this objectively, and especially like me and a lot of other uh, curve models and body positive advocates, we're trying to change the whole thing. As, I, when, as, as kids, we were told... Maybe not directly, but we were told big was bad and skinny yeah. was great. Mm-hmm. I don't know who taught me that. I don't know where I learned it, but I knew it as much of a fact as I knew what what Anything goes up else. must come down. Like yeah. it, it was it was a fact of life. And now, 
you have kind of an awakening in our society where we're starting to push back against these standards that have been because it's true it's like i look at some people and like why is this person not considered beautiful by mm-hmm. the mainstream it, it and it's literally it's just because some by corporations and by the fashion world and by the media and yeah. by hollywood it was decided amongst themselves these traits are more valuable than others and that's what they pushed out there so i think trying to look at it objectively and going i might i feel bad about myself um now mind you if you feel unhealthy if you don't feel good about yourself you should always feel healthy that i'm a big advocate mm. in that also um this is the body my body the, this big body i have is how i feel good i feel functional i feel active i feel healthy everything's fine um but, but but still because of my size i'll have that like unhealthy thing labeled mm. sure. on to me which is frustrating and i think it's just eh. what I, I guess what i would say is everyone is hold tight things are changing and and just be objective and be aware when when you feel bad about yourself think about like do i feel bad about the way i look or do i think other people don't like the way i look right. and this is why i feel this way right um i think that is so well said and i also just want to say zach i mean you are sort of like part of history seriously like i mean it's really um like you know you're here talking about it so casually and making it sound like it's all been very like easy breezy but like this is pretty landmark it uh, yeah i mean, I, I think i'm realizing how big of it I remember when the first couple articles came out being like you know introducing the first plus size male model and I was like this can't possibly be true right and I mean it's 2016 this isn't a real thing (laughs) right Um, you think in 2016 you can't be the first of anything anymore I know like everything's been done I know And, and and there have been many other plus-size male models, but I think this is the first time it's being taken seriously. Yeah. A mm-hmm. mainstream IMG, not to you know, to brag, but IMG's like the biggest and best modeling yeah. agency in the entire sure. world, and they and they made a conscious decision to highlight a man of size and put forward just a whole new thing. I was talking to um, Ashley Graham yesterday and she was talking about Love how... Her. I know. That was, uh, I've been waiting like years to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and we were talking about how um, there's been such big movement in the women's industry, but there have been... Plus size has been around for a, a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. You had Emmy in 1989 yeah. and like it, things have been going great. With the men's industry, we are literally starting at ground zero. Right. There is nothing going on. And right. I have people ask me like, oh, why don't you model for these people? Why don't you model for these people? And I'm like, I'd love to, but they physically don't produce a product I can wear yet. Right. So I'm not going to be advertising for them. Right. So it's 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 going to be really interesting to see in the next five to ten years how this how, how how big this industry will grow. How things change. And I want to ask you guys one more sort of like million dollar question about that. But really, for, really fast. Um, or first, really fast. What am I saying? Oh, my God. It's the end of the podcast. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> but um, I've never talked about this before on the podcast. But I do want to talk about Bedface. Um, it's an online bedding brand that creates the best damn sheets on the Internet. Beautiful website. It almost has this sort of like. I almost felt like it was like picking out flowers. Like you go to the website and it's all these beautiful colors, like very luxe, sort of like trendy, like Instagram friendly, Um, 24 different mix and match colors to make any kind of bedding combination you want to. Um, Also, I should ask you guys this while you're in the room. I think it's a thing that men don't sleep with a top sheet. Is that true? I sleep with only a top sheet. You, I get, I you get don't too have a hot comforter. with the blankets. Oh, okay. <laughs> My wife like has the comforter over there. Right. Just you just ha- do you I have can't a- even talk about it because I'm renovating. I'd have to. Oh, okay. You have so no. It's a disaster. <laughs> like, okay. Generally, you- I don't think I do sleep with a top sheet, but this yes, is such a sore that's subject a man right thing. Now. Oh. <laughs> I feel like ladies love their top sheets, so you need some bed face, Alex. I do. For that's sure. true. I was thinking that. Yes, exactly. You're like, I'm gonna hit this up and get the promo code. But um, so the whole I kind of lost my train of thought there. But the point is, like, if you just want a bottom sheet, if you just want a top sheet if you want a blue top sheet and a pink bottom sheet you can do whatever you want um it's a hundred percent long staple cotton that's designed to be comfortable breathable um all their products have no questions asked 100 night guarantee i love the idea of a hundred night guarantee yeah like it feels a little like sultry um but because you're ordering this all directly off the internet they're really passing the savings along to you so you're getting a really premium premium product 
um, for sort of the the best possible deal. So if you guys check out bedface.com and use promo code COSMO, you can get 20% off your order. Um, I really, really love the product. I think, sh- I think amazing sheets are one of those things you can never have enough of. Um, this is a weird fact about my life, but my mom always taught me to make my bed so the good sh- side of your top sheet is on you. And sometimes when the cleaning lady comes to my apartment and she flips it, I'm like, no, I don't want the bad <laughs> side on me. But with yeah. Bedface, there is no bad side. So that is my plug for Bedface. Check out bedface.com. Use promo code COSMO and get 20% off your order. Mix and match your sheets. Go crazy. They also have a bunch of like little sleep sets and all of that. So back to the million dollar question before we need to wrap things up here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Zach, you kind of led into it by sort of saying, you know, like you are at this point where there are brands you would maybe love to represent or work with, but they literally don't even make clothes for you yet. And hopefully we'll see that happen over Mm -hmm. the next five or 10 years. I just kind of want to know, like sort of forecasting and thinking forward, like what do you guys think needs to happen to sort of encourage more body diversity or body positivity for men? Um, I think we're besides hitting... this podcast, which <laughs> besides, is obviously I mean, we've just done it. Honestly, this it. is one of the things it needs to be. It, yeah. Since it, it has been such an untalked about thing for so long, it's really important just to keep that dialogue yeah. going. I mean, you know, every time the first person hear, hears a new idea, they either jump on it or they dismiss it. But then the more you start to hear it the more of a reality it becomes. And the more, I think, a lot of people dismiss this whole idea of male body positivity when it first when I first came out. And I think now, it's just been a several months, people are starting to realize, like, no, this is... Uh, yeah, and guys are went from laughing it off to being like, no, I have a yeah. lot of issues with this myself. And keeping that dialogue going. But not only that is... Um, I think it's really important. I'm hoping for whenever I have kids, this is never a problem they have to go through, mm-hmm. boy or girl. I, I, I really don't think it should be a problem mm-hmm. they have to go through. Uh, I grew up without any male role models that were of size that were, be, I am, uh, that were being touted as handsome or desirable sure. or sexy. And I think what it's important is to have those role models for men and women. Uh, Ashley Graham's doing an incredible job uh, for young women of being inspirational and inspiring them and making them feel okay with their bodies. And because it makes a big thing when you see someone, when you're of size and you're feeling insecure about yourself and you're a teenager, and then all of a sudden you see the cover of Sports Illustrated, a woman yeah. who's your size or bigger being touted as one of the most beautiful women in the world right now, it does an amazing thing for your self confidence because right. you can relate to it. So I think if we can have more male role models that are being praised. And that's the thing is you want to try to be humble. You don't want to be, I'm, I'm not asking anyone to praise me for being handsome or anything right. like that. But Even though you are, obviously. Well, thank you. But but it's, it's, it's just normalizing it. It goes yeah. from being a niche thing to being like, it is normal to see a man or a woman of size being heralded for their handsomeness or their beauty. And it makes, it, it'll have it so young kids can look up like, well, that guy is my size. We wear the same size pants. Right. And he's being, and so it'll just cut out the, that being a concern for them, which sure. is what I'm really hoping for in the future. And even though it does take time, I think mentioning Ashley Graham is a fabulous example because a few years ago, she wasn't the household name that yeah, she yeah. is now. And it's like, so it's kind of encouraging to feel like it really does happen quickly. Like it sometimes change yeah. always happens very, very slowly, but also yeah. you can have someone like Ashley Graham who can immediately who build a following. Great, and like just busts the doors down. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. We love working with her at Cosmo. Um, mm-hmm. And Alex, what about you? What, what would you like to see change in I, your lifetime? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, I think it's a lot more about just like a dialogue. It's like actually when when the podcast started, Zach, like mm-hmm. you, like were just like. By the way, this is my like this is what size pants I wear, and that yeah. just like blew my mind because just being able to be like, yep, you know, that's not a sample size or the smallest size in the yeah. store necessarily. Like I would never, I would never, yeah. sure. ever reveal that info on this podcast or to anybody. I don't even think my husband knows what right. size pants I wear. Yeah. Actually. Um, so it's that dialogue, like being able to have it with other people and being able to have it with yourself. Like that is what is making a difference for me. And I'm certainly not all the way there, but it ties into so much like the machismo thing and like male vanity and being above those kind of insecurities and that looking at yourself in the mirror and not being happy. It's not something that guys are taught to do. Yeah. Um, so it's just being able to to own that and go back and forth with it, I think. And again, like more role models. The, the Ashley Graham thing is 
amazing and just beyond because again it's like it's the swimsuit issue of sports illustrated yeah. magazine yeah. and she wasn't like it's, it's she's gonna be yeah. on on every teenager's wall for exactly. the next 20 years yeah. because of exactly that. and it wasn't like Male the two the two you know like straight size models again inverted commas like shot for length and then a close-up of you know you see right. like plus size magazine covers it's either the person in the past shrouded in some sort of capelet or it's mm-hmm. shot so close that you don't see any of their body this was ashley graham's body and it was banging Absolutely. and it was there so like that kind of thing i just can't get enough of it right because yeah. it will change people's mindsets it does it does yeah. and like that is a good point like the thing about the size you know just something as simple as being like oh this is the size pants i wear it's yeah. like, that's where it starts like exactly. someone listening to this podcast is going to hear that and feel more comfortable with whatever their size is yeah if like yeah. if somebody goes into the store and feels more comfortable asking for like their size pants which again i would never do right yeah. like that but maybe kind of someday you will. no i don't well no, maybe, never. maybe never maybe yeah let's be positive it could happen <laughs> it could i know one day they'll sell them yeah <laughs> <laughs> they have to. I exactly. mean, the average male pant size is supposed to be a 39. And every store I go into stops at 36 to 38. Yeah. And me, being a 42, no chance in right. hell that I, I get clothes in any store that I, that I watch friends shop at and look great in. So, right. I, and I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I mean, the, the women's plus size industry is a $20 billion industry. Yeah. And you've been cutting out more than half of the male population for so long from yeah. buying designer quality clothing. If you open it up, even if you did, you know, a third of that, I don't know, $6 billion sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be the face of it all, Zach. I can't wait. <laughs> I'd love that. Um, where, Zach, where can people follow you and become obsessed with you and watch you become even more famous than you already are? Um, check me out on Instagram and Twitter. My Twitter is, uh, base, uh, I gotta get better at using it, but my Instagram's <laughs> fun. Um, so both of them are just at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O. And yeah, I post daily on Instagram, and then I share to Twitter. I'm gonna learn how to use yeah, Twitter yeah, like we'll more help you. We'll legitimately. Help you. Next time soon. you're on, you'll be like a Twitter star. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and Alex, where can people find you? I'm not on Instagram because again, I don't share photos. <laughs> but I am on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, you're very funny. Maybe on Alex is lost on Twitter. Maybe Alex so is lost. Tweet me. Yay. Tweet you. <laughs> and as always, you guys can follow me everywhere at Elisa Benson. And thank you so much for listening to the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast. We are here every week. Please like it and share it and subscribe it and share it and subscribe and and we'll see you next week thanks guys thank you bye This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.